Well, warmest salutations, one and all, to Redemption Meditations. Yes, that's right. The uh, the podcast has been renamed, uh, just like the uh, the shards of Narsil that became Anduril, the Flame of the West. The broken pieces of reformed me- reformed meditations have been reforged into a newer and and greater uh, weapon. Uh, I am joined uh, happily by uh, by my, my fellow two of my fellow elders at uh, Redemption Bible Church on this new podcast ministry of Redemption Bible Church. Uh, Elder Steve Crum, how are you? Hi, Lee. And how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. And then Elder and Pastor Dana, how are you this evening? I'm good. I'm good, Lee. Uh, you're. Your introduction reminded me of um, the song "Feels Like I'm Walking on Broken Glass." I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel every time I edit anything that has my voice in it. So, it that's fitting. <laughs> True story. I was with my boys in an IHOP one time, and a waitress dropped a glass and it shattered. And that song was playing. <laughs> it was a great. It was a great ironic moment and a teaching a teaching moment for me and my children. Perfect timing. It was. Yeah. Hopefully you were walking on broken glass with shoes on. We were sitting comfortably in the booth. Good. Good. The way you should. Yeah. <laughs> and keep it out of the pancakes. That's right. So a big goal of this uh of this new show is uh is to tackle uh some some varying topics from time to time, um, perennial and especially timely as they come maybe tackle specific texts somewhere along the way, uh, but to to offer um, some good, solid uh, encouragement, instruction, um, exhortation to not only uh, uh, the members of, of, of our congregation, but also uh, any any listeners out there uh, who, who catch this along the uh, the highways and byways of the World Wide Web. This is going to so be on the web? <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. uh, the world, the worldwide one. Believe it or not, the new interwebs. Yeah, the new that yeah. newfangled interwebs that that Al Gore came up with. So nice of him. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> so, of all places, uh, for our first episode, it it, it seemed uh, entirely fitting that we should uh, have our first episode be about uh, what is the gospel. So, I guess I would put that question to. To you both, what is the gospel? Is it a message? Is it a, a person? Is it a a lifestyle? Well, it by definition, the gospel like it is the message to be proclaimed. It has to be a message to be proclaimed. Um, so, the, I mean, that's what the very definition of of someone who brings the good news, right? It's it's a it's a message, and so. I think one of the easiest places to see a um, kind of a summary of the gospel is in the opening of 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul writes in verse 3, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, and that is this, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And then he goes on to say that he appeared to Cephas, that is Peter and several others, uh, giving proof, um, essentially, that he did, in fact, rise from the dead. 
So there's a, the gospel is that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried and raised again on the third day. Yeah, I think one of the things that's helpful when we're trying to narrow down on something and define something is to exclude the stuff that it isn't, right? So there's lots of good things that we can do. We can work at a, a food pantry. We can give clothes to people. We can do all sorts of good works, but that's not the gospel. And and it's got to be, it is good news, like literally, <laughs> that's what it means. And news inherently means words. So the idea that, you know, be, be, be saying constantly preach the gospel and when necessary use words is built on shifting sand. You, you, you always need words to uh, proclaim the gospel. We don't, nobody's going to say, I saw you handing out those cans of food and my heart was pierced to its core. You know, that that's not, you can have lots of people who know nothing of the gospel do some of those good works. So it's got to be news. It's got to be the specific news that Paul really hits the bullseye on there in 1 Corinthians 15. It's got to address an exchange. And it's got to address an exchange of our guilt, our sin, our shame placed on Christ's account, his righteousness placed on our account. We don't have to get super technical with that, but if we don't at least start to bump into those things, we're probably not talking about the gospel anymore. Yeah, I think I think Lee, you said that. Um, like, is it a is it a message? And I think both of us have said yes, it's a message uh, to be proclaimed. And and then you also, you know, is it a is it a, a lifestyle or a person? And I think um, at its core, it's a message. And the answer to is it a person. The, the best answer, really the only close answer that you can give is, well, yes, Jesus, <laughs> right? I mean, Jesus is the embodiment of the gospel, but it really is not to, to just say Jesus isn't, isn't enough, right? You have to say he, he, he um, died for our sins, was buried and was resurrected for our sins. Um, and, and there in First in Corinthians 15, you know, Paul appeals to the authority of Scripture. Right. According to the scriptures. So all through the scriptures is this um, right from Genesis chapter three is the promise of a the the uh, the promise uh, that he would send a son who would crush the head of the serpent. Right. Um, who, who would be a better son uh, than uh, Cain, who had who had killed Abel. Um, you know, not a good send- son. I will go on the record and just say <laughs> not a good son. <laughs> Older sons are often like that. I've heard that, but not experienced <laughs> it myself. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the promise of the uh, somebody said that uh, I don't remember who it was that there's a, a scarlet thread of redemption all through the Bible, right? So that whole idea of redemption, um, of Christ saving us from our sins, um, saving us from the penalty of our sins, saving us from the wrath of God saving us from the sins themselves, right? Saving us from the, from the being entrapped in slaves to sin. Um, that's all through the Bible. It's a message that's all through. It's culminated in the person of Jesus Christ. And so w- when you ask, like, is it a lifestyle? N- not in the sense of, like, you can go be the gospel, 
Mm-hmm. You, you can't be the gospel. It's a message to be proclaimed, but you can be like Christ. We're all going to be that way. Um, even the best Christian is going to be that way very imperfectly, but we are called to be like him. Um, we're called to be holy as he is holy. We're called to um, proclaim the message, be obedient to him. You know, the Great Commission, go and make disciples. Um, all of those things are entailed in that that lifestyle, like a gospel. I, I don't, you almost, I almost, I almost don't want to use the phrase gospel driven lifestyle, but it's a gospel mm-hmm. um, in, uh, it's a gospel infused lifestyle. I don't know what the right word is for it. It's just kind of the life of, of sanctification being more and more conformed to the image of Christ. So it, it, I like, I, that's why I kind of said lifestyle with the, uh, the, uh, um, ironic tone with which I said it, (laughs) I tried to say it in italics. I don't know if that came through well, (laughs) but I I think of people, I think of people like Todd white with his movement, uh, lifestyle Christianity is what it's called. And that, and that is a complete thing that I want to push against, like it is not a it's not a lifestyle. It, 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 Christ is your life. Um, right. There is no life uh, without Christ. Um, it's not simply a style of living. It is living. So even just the word itself, I, I have an issue with. Um, but the goal of the, the, the Christian life is to be more and more conformed to the image of Christ, being sanctified um, continually, progressively through your life as we. Uh, partake in the ordinary means of grace together and God growing us the way that he promised to. Um, and that's all fueled by the gospel. Um, and I was glad you, you mentioned sin because the thing I was going to say was um, to have good news, we have to preface it with bad news. Uh, a lot of times our culture yeah. wants to give the gospel, um, even even within the visible church, they want to give the gospel good news on top of you already being a good person how can that be good news if you're already doing okay? And we we actually have to we have to preface with the bad news that that you are very bad. Um, it's not just John Piper who's bad, as as we heard in that song. We're we're all bad, uh, and and we start we start there, and and we see the the beauty and glory of Christ uh, uh, shining against and into the darkness that that we are and that we represent. Yeah, yes. I think. Uh... If you're going to tell the good news, that's going to involve telling people about a savior and his rescue mission, right? But being saved from something requires peril. You're going to start out with peril. So you're it's it's a, it's the news that the light is overcoming the darkness. Well, if it's not very dark to begin with, then the light doesn't seem very impressive. Right. If you're not in a lot of trouble, then someone coming to rescue you isn't significant news. So part of sharing the gospel and giving people hope is they're going to have to understand how much saving they need. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to tell to people. And a lot of people just kind of skip that part. (laughs) Yeah, we don't like to talk about sin. That's for mature uh, Christians. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> one, one time, uh, one time, uh, several years ago, there was a lady that um, is still, she's a member of our church. And uh, she had said that her daughter had told her that she um, uh, did not want to come because she didn't want to be told that she was bad. 
like that she had sinned and uh you know or daughter-in-law i guess it was but at any rate like that none of us want to be told told that we're bad <laughs> right i mean we really want to be affirmed that. and that's the whole that's our whole culture right now is affirmation and and um and, and yet uh jesus or paul says in romans right all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god like no matter no matter that's our that's our current state it's it's unkind to say you know you're 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 okay you're good you're we like you you know it's unkind mm-hmm. to say um you know you're 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 okay you're a good person if they're if they're dying <laughs> right if they're if they're lost in their in their trespasses it's unkind to say those things um that reminds me as well. I, I had a friend in college who was who was a new Christian at, at that time, and uh, and she asked me. She's like, "Can you can you help me with some Bible verses that I can send to my friend to say that that she's okay just the way she is?" And uh, I said, "I can't think of a single one. <laughs> that's not what the Bible says." <laughs> and uh, and I and I use that very verse. Like we've all all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, um, and. And our only hope is is to be redeemed by Christ uh, from our sin. Mm. Um, if and if only if only I'd had the the uh, R.C. Sproul uh, cosmic traitor phrase, I would have deployed it. Because <laughs> like the the cosmic traitors have to be pardoned, and that's a costly pardon. What is wrong with you people? Yeah, <laughs> gonna work that into every gospel presentation. <laughs> What's the, wrong with you people? You got to get the facial expressions down though too. I mean, he yeah. really yeah, he, he was yeah. he was mad. Yeah. He was feeling it. Yeah. 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 I don't know why we're laughing. He's talking about us. Yeah. <laughs> uh so I want to circle back to something that you said Dana a couple minutes ago about the um gospel centered um uh, gospel driven yeah. label um so i you know full transparency i came up in the in the new calvinism movement uh during the heady days of the obama administration and uh, uh-huh. thanks obama <laughs> and that and that was the thing like gospel centered gospel driven like we you know we had the gospel coalition um and and um <sighs> Should we should we continue using that label? Is that is that label helpful anymore, or or do we need to come up with a new a new way to describe what we mean uh, when we said when we used to say um, gospel centered, gospel driven? Well, I think so. That's why I was kind of hesitant to use it because it does become sort of a cliche, right? Uh, throughout that that same movement, I mean, I was reading all those same books and. And it was the gospel according to this and the gospel according to, I had a book one time called the gospel according to the Simpsons, you know, like, I don't, (laughs) I, I, I don't think I still have that book. It's not in my sermon prep pile. Um, But, but like anything else, um, the word gospel is a good word, (laughs) right? Like it's, it is well literally it's a good word it means good news <laughs> literally it's, it's a good it, it is good for us to be centered on the good news of jesus christ right to be to have that be the core message so so every 
um, every sermon that I preach, I want to have the gospel in it, right? In, in some way or another, the, it has to come back to Jesus. Um, we want people to believe the gospels. We have to explain what the gospel is, uh, like we were just doing. And so to be gospel-centered from a just a strict standpoint, like it's not a bad label, um, the sort of over the years, over the what millennia, um, various groups of Christians have sort of ruined some of the words that are just normal Christian, like even the word Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, or evangelical. Or, yeah, or evangelical or fundamental or um, even the word Catholic. Like when we say we're like in the creed that we're a part of the Holy Catholic Church, we have to explain which I, I really wish the reformers had hung on to that word Me and too. not the Catholic. It just means universal. But it, so some I'm on a crusade to, to reclaim this word. <laughs> no, no, no crusades, Lee. Those are bad. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> We're going to get canceled already. We've only just begun. But but uh, yeah, I think it is appropriate to, to hold on to something that says, here's what we're focused on. Here's what our whole life is wrapped up in. Um, you know, here's what our whole ministry is wrapped up in. Uh, um, w- one of the reasons why one of our, our, our symbol as a church, when we moved our church building a year ago and changed the name and put new signage out and all of that stuff, we adopted the Cairo symbol. Um, part of the reason for that is because it was, um, I want people to drive by and there are Christians that drive by and go, what is that? I've seen it mm-hmm. before, but what is it? And of course it, it's the, it's the Greek letters, the first two letters of Jesus's name, Christ. And, um, uh, and I want people to like, say, what is that? Well, we are, we are focused on Christ. Like that's, that's our whole identity. I want that to be like a, like every church has a cross. The cross is, um, uh, you know, a universal symbol of Christianity mm-hmm. that also means nothing to a whole bunch of people, right? It also is just a piece of jewelry or or just a, you know, just just a thing. It doesn't really even mean anything to most people. But so that is a thing that's kind of been water, a symbol that's been watered down, but it still means something incredible, right? We still mm-hmm. preach the cross and we still have, like in our church, we have a cross behind the pulpit or kind of over the pulpit. And um, because I want that to be the focal point that people are looking to the cross, they're looking to Christ on the cross, right? Or no longer on the cross, I guess. Um, yeah, that's like, a key difference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, the risen we don't, we don't Christ. Have a crucifix. <laughs> he is yeah. off the cross and risen. The cross is empty as the tomb. Uh, but I, so I, I don't, I don't know of any other, like if we adopt some other, um, term to say i am we are this mm-hmm. uh it eventually is going to get watered down too we just need to hold on to who, who are we we're christians you know we have we have trusted in christ and we are to proclaim the gospel um uh and we are to do that by using words <laughs> and um uh yeah so our ministries are going to be centered on the gospel um yeah i don't i don't yeah, so St. Francis of Assisi takes an L on that whole he really using does. words thing. 
really does. If he he didn't even say it, come on. <laughs> he knows better than that. You would think. You'd I think, thought I, I mean, thought he, he preached the gospel have- to like birds and stuff. You got to use words there too. <laughs> he just was kind to every creature. So creatures are God and King. Yeah. Um. So I, I, we'll, we can take a a hard turn here. So you know, talk, we're talking about hope, uh, the forgiveness of sins, um, the resurre- resurrection of the body, the life everlasting, uh, to go in a creedal direction. So having talked as we talked about the gospel um what happens after we die what is the how does the gospel affect um how we view the end of life uh since living in Christ is our life and to die is gain how do we how do we view death who are you directing the question to either or i think it's steve's turn i talk yeah. too much it's all steve well, what I like to do is uh, is uh, eliminate the stuff that's wrong, right? So what does not happen is we don't go to purgatory, right? We don't go to some place where we're going to sort of work the debt off our account until we can finally work that thing down enough to really like get get through the gates, you know, to get home. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing in scripture that would support that. That's not. Uh, that's that's false. So. There, there's nothing there. It's very, it's pretty explicit that it is appointed upon man to uh, die once and then face the judgment. It's a very binary, either or, that is it. And after death, there's no one last chance to repent and believe. So that's why we we proclaim the gospel with urgency, and we send people, and we spend money, and we we put resources towards telling people about the gospel on this side of the grave because once you pass into eternity your eternity is set one way or the other mm. so uh yeah. so so when your your believing loved ones die uh heaven gains another angel is that what you're saying <laughs> that's a, I, definitely not what i'm saying <laughs> yeah we've talked to we talked about this uh that that is uh, something that somebody may say in a lot of pain. And we've talked about the fact that at the funeral might not be the time to correct that theological error, but that is a theological error. Give him a hug. We'll talk later. Right. Right. There's, there's some, (laughs) there's some discipleship that's required, maybe not during the funeral service, but since we're not at a funeral service, uh, (laughs) angels and humans are not the same things. And so we're not crossing over into becoming a, some other creature. They're distinct from us. And so uh, we, we, we may be in heaven, but we're not in heaven as angels. Yeah, so I think uh, the whole uh, distinct creature thing. So um, humans are distinctly made in the image of God. No other creature, no other thing in creation is made in the image of God. So angels are not made in the, not made in the image of God. And Hebrews uh, makes this very, very clear. The first couple chapters, uh, the first whole chapter into the second chapter are all about how um, uh, Christ is greater than the angels that, he, you know, to which of the angels did I ever say? So, so Christ is greater than the angels. 
and and uh, but not only that, um, humans are greater than angels, and uh, um, I think that's an important point because we have this. Our for some reason our a lot of our um, I guess it would be our theology or our 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 angelology is is simply um, driven by Hollywood or pop culture in some way. And that's where a lot of this comes from. We don't even know that, right? Mm -hmm. We see it in a movie. Like, we just kind of think, oh, yeah, I, this is what happens. And I, we've had people say it at church before, you know, like, oh, you know, heaven gained another angel or whatever. No, that would be a stoop down. Angels long yeah. to understand salvation. There's a unique relationship between the saints and the Savior that angels see. They stand on the outside looking in. And they wish they could understand mm -hmm. and take part of, in that. Like they, they long to understand that the scriptures tell us. And, and um, so to say that a person becomes an angel, it, first of all, it's just plain wrong. But, mm -hmm. but second of all, it's actually a um, uh, like it's, a, it's actually an insult to the person who died. Right. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, if they're taking a demotion. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a demotion. Yeah. If they're actually a believer and they've gone to glory um, they have something that angels never can have, mm -hmm. which is the, the glory. Um, it, it, it's even hearing, you know, well done, good and faithful. So it's all of that relationship and reward of um, eternal life, um, redemption. Angels don't have a possibility of redemption. They don't have a possibility of that kind of relationship with God, with Christ, um, so, so angels are pretty incredible, but we're better. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but Paul even says in first Corinthians that don't you know that you'll judge angels. So, yeah. so people will sit in judgment, uh, on against the fallen angels. Uh, so, um, yeah, it would, it would absolutely be a demotion, uh, for, for a believer in glory to become an angel. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a much greater promise for people than just that. Um, right. Even though we they seem very mysterious and we don't understand them, but but they at the end of the day they're ministering spirits on our on our behalf, uh, serving serving God's people and attending His throne in worship, um, yeah. <clears throat> which we'll get to join in on uh, in glory. So every Sunday, oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> every Sunday, every Lord's Day, <laughs> every Lord's Day. Man, that yeah. should be a whole episode in and of itself. I love that topic. Um, that that whole that whole thing there. Um, I, I want to go back to something Steve said earlier about uh, kind of the imminency of of gospel presentation because we don't believe in purgatory. You know, we have to reach people with the gospel now um, because because you know once you flee this mortal coil, it's it's one place or the other, and no no switching between the two. Um, there's there's no place to to work it off. Um, you either repent in this life or uh, or this is your best life now which is a which is a curse not a not a blessing it's bad news yeah that's bad news yeah yeah so so don't buy that book um, yeah and so yeah so uh, you know I uh, for people for people like us we we have a, a certain urgency to 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 preach the gospel um uh, to to people uh, to fulfill the Great Commission, uh, to take to do our part uh, in the Great Commission, because um, we have hope, uh, we have hope for eternity, and and we we need to reach people with the uh, with that message of of reconciliation with their Creator, um, 
the, the promise of of eternity worshiping him uh, that can begin right now um, and that's uh, again that's a that is our life uh, <laughs> if you boil it down uh, to continue to to glorify God magnify him and and to be uh, to be changed uh, to be to be made more like him um, so yeah, any uh, any any last thoughts on on this topic before we uh, move? Well, I think it's important in in the discussion uh, that, and I don't know that we've really talked about it much now, and we probably don't need to go too far down this road. But as you're as we're talking about the gospel, as we're talking about hope, um, the, the other not only do we as sort of modern Christians or American Christians, or whatever, not, not only do we not talk about sin that much. We don't talk about hell hardly at all, and and it's important to understand for for people to understand that um, the that God's judgment and His wrath being poured out on sinners is is real, um, and that that hell um, is real, right? That um, in an eter- eternal that, conscious it, torment, right? Fashion. Eternal conscious torment, like that. That is real. That it was uh, the book of Revelation tells us that it was created. The lake of fire was created for the devil and his angels, right? So, so for those who rebelled, and um, uh, it, it is a real place. It is a real destiny uh, for those who refuse to um, believe to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus. Um, I think I think that you know when you're sharing the gospel, you don't have to get through every point of, of theology, but it's important for people to understand that it's actually real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's, yeah. That's one of the things that you are saved from is that eternal destiny of hell. It's not just like people have this image of hell. It's a, it's a, uh, a Hollywood or a pop culture image of, you know, highway to hell, whatever. It's a pop culture image of hell where you're going to go and be with your friends. It's just going to be, you know, oh, we're just going to, you know, party, whatever. Right. And it's not going to be that at all. It's going to be as awful as, you know gnashing of teeth you know it's going to be awful and um when we're sharing the gospel like the the reality of hell needs to be on our mind as we're sharing it with unbelievers yeah the the biblical picture of this is a lake of fire yeah you're not going to have a party with your bros in the middle (laughs) of a lake of fire but a pontoon boat yeah that's not that's not what it's going to be <laughs> right. I'm laughing about it, but it's not a laughing matter. No. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's that's there's so much gravitas behind that call to repent and believe. Um yeah. you know, to to flee the wrath to come uh as a uh, as John the Baptist said. Um, yeah. And not and so yeah, not was, only to to so- flee he he! Now that was a guy right there. <laughs> really makes me hungry for some uh, for some locusts. Hey man, it's in your future. It's my favorite oh, dinner. Bug eater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you you may eat them and not even know you're eating them. The, the first bug eater. <laughs> so and and so I guess one one last thing I want to I wanted to say too is you know uh, so the gospel is is a call to to sinners, you know, to repent and believe, um, flee from your sin, run to Christ. Um, 
call call on Christ to to forgive you your sins, to cleanse you from your unrighteousness, uh, and then to to uh, love your God and enjoy Him forever, uh, glorify your God. Um, and that's that uh, that's still a continual message even for believers as well. Uh, you never outgrow the gospel. Uh, we continually are building on it, and so we have to lay the foundation of the gospel, and and continue uh, ensuring that that's the foundation. Um, so, so we need, and we're a forgetful people. Uh, so we need to be reminded of that that basic, and I mean that in in the sense of of a foundational message uh, that we that then we we have to have that foundation to build on top of that uh, with more sound teaching to uh, to feed the people of of God. Uh, and uh, and aid them as as I've, however we can in their in their sanctification. Yep. So you don't outgrow the gospel because uh, there are there are some gospel. there are some churches that are like, well, once you believe, you're in the army now, and uh, you got to go. And like, I mean, yeah, yeah, we're we're the church militant, yes, but but the army still got to eat. Yeah, I, I think the gospel is not just for like those who are about to be saved. Um, you know, we, I need the gospel every week, right? More than that. But like every Lord's day, when we gather together, um, like the three of us, right? We're some of the elders in our church. We all need to hear, need to be reminded, uh, the prayers, like our prayer needs to be gospel centered, right? We need mm -hmm. to be reminded that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We may need to be reminded of the forgiveness of our sins because, because we, we've been given, we could talk about the law, but we've been given certain laws, right, that we are to do, right? We're to go and be like Christ, uh, be holy as he is. Those are laws. We're, we're given laws to do, um, even as Christians, and we will fail to do them. We, we fail regularly to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourself. That's the, the summary of all of the law. We break it regular, but like before we get home on a Sunday afternoon, maybe before we leave the parking lot. And... <laughs> Um, we, we break that law. We need to be reminded that even though, uh, you know, I may have gotten mad at Lee and, and broken the law, um, <laughs> even though um, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And the reason for that is because of the gospel. And that should transform my heart every week. Every time I hear that, every time I'm reminded of that, that should push me to praise God from whom all blessings flow. That should just push me to worship, which then should push me to obedience and push me to sharing the gospel. And it becomes that lifestyle. Um, yeah. Lifestyle of the redeemed and regenerate. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, so we uh, we want to institute a, uh, a a longstanding segment at the end of each episode, uh, still uh, title to be determined. I kind of like the idea of the library stairs, but just a little. What what have you been reading lately? How about the library ladder? Lee has a Lee has a library ladder. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I have a library ladder. He, he lives in a, such yeah. a large. I think it's your bedroom, right? That thing is impressive. Yes. Giant the, this couch here. is where I sleep every night. <laughs> I, have, I have library envy looking at all those books behind you. So the oh, library, yeah. Lee's library ladder. And, and I sometimes even coordinate them by color, as you see. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> 
So uh, uh, let's start with Dana. Dana, what have you been reading lately? So I just finished the book, The Unseen Realm by Michael Ooh. Heiser. Um, and it's called, so the subtitle is Recovering the Supernatural Worldview of the Bible. It's really interesting, and I don't agree with a whole bunch of it. Um, but there's some really interesting and eye-opening things in it. So uh, I, uh, I'm i not one of those people that... Um, if they're, you know, if I disagree with an author on one page, I can't recommend the book. There, there's a <laughs> lot of that are like that. I'm not like that. I actually, um, like, I disagree with some of his fundamental hermeneutics, how, how he kind of pulls stuff out of scripture. But there is some, there is a lot of truth in what he's saying about um, the the supernatural world. So uh, whether that's um, demons, angels, spirits, the spirit world, how that affects. Uh, spiritual warfare, um, you know, using like the book of Ephesians, Paul talks about it a lot, principalities and powers and those types of things. And um, so it's been kind of on my mind a lot uh, over the last couple of months as I've been working through the book. And uh, I've got a couple other books kind of in related that I've been reading about. Nice. The Unseen Realm by Michael Heiser. Nice. Steve, how about you? Well, we did not actually coordinate this, even though some people may think that we did. I've been reading huh. Unseen Realities oh. by some guy named R.C. Sproul. Yeah. And it's it's really good. It's, he actually, yeah, there you go. So it, he, he actually talks a lot about some of the stuff we've talked about uh, today with heaven and hell. And he's going to, I haven't finished it yet, but uh, ain't the reality of angels and fallen angels and some of those things. So it's uh, it's been great. It's not a, you know, monstrous, you know, thousand page marathon or anything. So I would definitely recommend it. It's been really good. Nice. That one nice. is probably if I could throw a plug in for Steve's book, that one's probably uh, like I would I agree with more that R.C. says. Part of that is just because it's RC and it's hard to argue with. I mean, he's yeah. a genius. He's pretty solid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I heard he's a Baptist now, but um, <laughs> it's hard to argue with him. Um, and he, yeah, so, so that one is like from a theological standpoint, he's probably more solid than more, at least in line with what I believe, than Michael mm -hmm. Heiser. Um, yeah, but, Heiser yeah. wasn't reformed in any way, shape or form. No, he didn't like reformed theology. Yeah, He, he yeah. passed away just a few months ago. Yeah, yeah I, haven't, I haven't finished it yet, but so far, I mean, it's it would be a great one to give to anybody. You know, yeah. it's a good. I've read uh, it as, yeah. as well. And build I agree. a foundation for people. Yeah, yep. Yep. and it's small. It's short, so yeah, it's an easy yeah, read. That, that always easy. helps. Yeah, and, is a lot more detailed, and he goes kind of off on some tangents that that scroll does not. Yeah, it is an easy read. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you something completely different. So uh, here's a couple books that have that I've been going through lately. Um, the Mystery of Christ uh, by uh, by Samwise Gamgee Ranahan uh, is is a a book I've already read, but I'm dipping back into it um, for some particular studies in in Baptist covenant theology. Uh, it's probably the best and most um, most readable, most easy to digest tome on on Baptist covenant theology that I've uh, come across so I, I highly recommend uh, the mystery of Christ by by Samuel Renahan and then uh, another one that's fun 
a little a little book of poems by none other than uh, William Cooper. And uh, my my library's hurting you me. You are here, fading but... in the video. Yeah. I don't. The people on audio won't be able to see this, but <laughs> yeah. Lee is fading into the ether. There's something weird about that library. I'm starting uh, to suspect. It's not right. The, the cosmos <laughs> is haunted, as is this library. It looks like yeah. it. Yeah. So Lee I, I, is a hologram, ladies and gentlemen. He does not yeah. really exist. Just, just me and Tupac. That's what we have in common. We're both holograms. <laughs> Going on tour together. That's there right. you go. So yeah. uh, I, I picked. I actually picked up this book. It's the selected poems of William Cooper. Um, there's a few, uh, actually four of them are from the Olney hymns, um, that he, that he co-wrote. Um, and, uh, and there's a, there's a, there's a poem in here, uh, for all the, uh, Monty Python fans out there, a poem called the shrubbery, uh, that is especially interesting. <laughs> oh, those are dangerous. <laughs> those are so dangerous. It's actually kind of funny cause he takes all the imagery that nature poets usually use to talk about how beautiful a place is and, you know, because of his melancholy demeanor and uh, struggles with mental health, he actually the poem is about how these uh, these sights and sounds of nature uh, only uh, remind him of his woe. So it's, <laughs> it's, I'm sorry, it's, I should laugh. It's a very he's, playful. He's very goth. <laughs> it, it's it's I'm never I'm not very completionist about about reading poetry books, so I'll, I'll just dip in every once in a while read a poem or two and move on but um but this this is good so uh, i got it at a half price books but um i'm always ready to recommend good poetry to people so um yeah so, so william cooper was um uh john newton was his pastor so when mm -hmm. you say he co he co-wrote the only hymns that was with john newton right yeah, that's right yeah that's right yeah and I think we know him for the, uh, um, isn't it? God moves in a mysterious way. I think that's it's his famous hymn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the only one I can think of. It's, and that, that's a great poem in and of itself. And then it's, it's paired up with a great tune. Um, so that's how, that's how good hymns happen. So, it is. Well, thank you, gentlemen. This has been a, a, a scintillating, uh, conversation. Uh, very excited, uh, by God's providence to do many more in the future. Um, but yeah. thank you for your time. Yeah. And uh yeah. So the Lord bless you and fun. keep you. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Good no, bless us please. <laughs> bless away. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Yeah.